You're now listening to another episode of the Always Right Podcast. I am your host, Christina, a.k.a. Krista. And I'm your host, Nivlak Lamarge. Remember, you can find the podcast on Instagram at all underscore ways underscore right. You can send us an email at alwayswrightpod at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook, Always Right Podcast. Correct. And if you want to follow us on our individual accounts, you can follow me on Instagram at call underscore me underscore Krista. And you can find me at Nivlak Lamage underscore I-C-N. That's N-I-V-L-A-C-L-E-M-A-J underscore I-C-N. Enjoy the show. We're here today with our guest, Riska Simmons of the All Black Matters podcast. And we had the pleasure of joining Riska on her show. And now it's her time to be on Always Right and chat it up with us. Hey. So Riska, tell <laughs> listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I am Rifka Simmons, as was already stated. I run a podcast for about like two, let's say like going on two years now. Um, and we just talk about black stuff. We just talk about everything in the black community, what's going on, whether it's something positive, not so positive. Just like to hold space, you know, kind of similar to how this form is here. And, you know, just make sure we come together and, and live and have a good time and chop it up. That's a little bit about what I do there. Um, outside of that, I'm a creative at heart. So Anything creative, I'm probably dabbling in in some way, some form. And um, yeah, that's it. I just love my people and to do stuff like this. I hope that was an intro because I feel like I'm never good at intro myself. So <laughs> I feel it was, it was a good beautiful. intro. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> all right. So just to get started, um, what is All Black Matters? Why was that the chosen name for the podcast? Yeah, I mean, for me, I kind of went through a couple names. Um, I was one of those, I kind of, I'm like very listy. I don't know if that's the right word, but like I do lists for like everything. Um, and that was the name I came up with because at the time I wanted to, I wanted it to feel inclusive. I think the biggest thing with me as being like a black queer woman and also Caribbean and having all these intersectionalities, I wanted it to feel like inclusive, but also kind of exclusive in the sense that it's just it's not just for black people, but it's predominantly focused on just blackness, right? And I wanted all of people in the black community to feel like they had a, a, a space, um, as opposed to like it just being like, oh, we're gonna only focus on women or we're only gonna focus on uh, men or we're only gonna focus on, I don't know, children, whatever it was. I wanted it to be like, everybody that's in the black community can feel like they have a space. So it's like all black matters, so yeah. Okay. So what motivated you to start it? I know you shared um, you wanted to create space for, you know, black shit. Um, sorry for saying it like that. Uh, I hope it's not disrespectful, but that's how I describe it. Like everything that we do is black shit, you know. Um, but what what kind of put it in your mind? Like, no, I need to create a space for that. You know, what's so interesting is that like the people that are super close to me. 
know me to always be talking about black shit. And you quoted it well, because that's literally what it is, right? Like, I feel like I always have an opinion about something that's happening, whether, like I said, be positive or negative or something like an idea about something or like just creative spaces. I feel like when you're in a lot of creative spaces, like you guys both know, like when you're around creatives, like we just always end up talking about the stuff that we do, right? And I just so happen to be only around black people. So I feel like that was my topic of choice. And I got excited about talking about like historical things, whether it be that or just like getting educated. And I was like, I'm always talking about this stuff. So why not just try to like make it a forum where like everyone can hear it and everyone can be a part of it too, like, you know? So that's kind of what made me say like, you know what, I'm just gonna go and do it. You know, I'm just gonna see what happens. And yeah, here we are, what, year and a half or so. Yeah. Right, I was just gonna say, you said it's about, been about two years and you're going strong. Very yeah. consistent, just putting out great content. So we appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, always, right? <laughs> cool. What made you choose podcasting specifically, like as opposed to maybe like YouTube vlogging or, or things like that? Do you have like particular podcasts that inspired you to do this type of work? Uh, so yes. Um, funny enough, I used to live in um the UK for like a year for school. And that's where I kind of discovered podcasts, right? Like that's where I was introduced to like what they were and all of that stuff. Now, not every podcast I listened to was like British podcasts, but it was like, I didn't know, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't know that there was a space where you could be black and be heard and it just be like, just positive. Like I didn't, I just, I didn't know that. I mean, yes, there's YouTube and I saw, you know, black YouTubers, but I just, I just felt like the way that at the time that I was hearing podcasts, like the way it was done was so uniquely black and so uniquely like whatever we wanted to talk about. I feel like sometimes, at least at that time when I was seeing like YouTube channels and things, it almost felt like they were promoting something all the time. And it always felt like, like okay, like I'm doing this, but like you should get my coupon code. Like you're not doing it because you like the product, you're doing it because you're trying to sell me something. Whereas like with podcasts, I just felt like people were just talking shit because they wanted to. And I was like, oh, you can <laughs> like I like that's me. Like so I feel like that's why I chose podcasting. I do want to still like kind of do the whole other, I guess you could say influ influence, influencer e kind of things. I make up my own y'all. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I but definitely yeah. did it. <laughs> so I felt like like that's a different lane. But like podcast to me at the time felt very genuine. And I was like, yeah, that's something I wanna, you know, be a part of. So yeah. That's a similar reason why I wanted to start a podcast. I started listening, and I was like, they talking they shit and I got a lot of shit to talk to. Like right. somebody gonna listen. Right. Or maybe not, but I'ma still talk my shit. Right. Dang, it's a space where you, you get to be free. Yeah, like, I feel so. Most, yeah. That's the most important part. You get to be free. There's like no barriers. And and it's dope because it's like so many people that's just wants to do the same thing. So then they hear it and they like, oh, I could do this too. Mm -hmm. And then here we are, all creating and doing this together. Yeah. I hear people so. saying that the podcast space is um like cluttered. It's like just a lot a lot and yeah it is a lot but there's a lane for everybody you know not like i'm taking myself as a podcast listener i'll listen one time to anybody's podcast right if you tell me what it's about and it sounds interesting but if it's not for me it's not for me right. there's gonna be stuff that's for me and i feel like as a podcaster sometimes you're not gonna be for somebody but a lot of the times you'll be for somebody you know yeah. Yeah. and that's how I, that's what i try to keep in mind personally yeah, it's just about finding your lane and, and seeing like 
what makes you you and what makes you authentic and what makes you set apart from everyone else in a lane that I guess is so cluttered. Cause like, I feel like that's every industry, like every industry you go into is going to have a lot of people. I, I don't know if there's, I mean, you got them obscure things where it's like, you're a farmer on like, I don't know, like, but it's, it's, very <laughs> it's very rare that you have like a metropolitan city or like just towns in general where it's like, there's no, no one else is doing my job. Like it's, I feel like that's so rare that you can't that's use cool. that excuse to not do it. You know what I mean? Definitely. All right. So I want to move uh, into some black shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's start off. What are you, in your words, well, would you describe yourself as pro-black? Let me ask first. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, Yes, I think I would. <laughs> okay. So for you, what does it mean to be pro-black, especially in our modern day society? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to just go, I'm going to do my definitions. I ain't going to sit here and pull out Webster or none of that. Um, for me, I just think pro-black is mean that you love your people and you, you're expressing that. It's, 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 it's evident in your behaviors and the things that you do and the things that you say that you love black people and you're for black people. Um, yes. I'm going to stop the definition there. <laughs> One, I want to say that I agree. Um, I don't really feel like you could be pro-black without considering right all black all black you know um there's a lot of what we call hotep people yeah. especially yeah. men I, I was trying to veer away from putting it on men but I, if we're being honest <laughs> mostly it's the men where it's like oh she's a hoe yeah oh he's gay yeah right. you know like oh trans oh you you confused eh? right for me and i can only speak for calvin i'm pretty sure christina agrees and i think you agree as well if you don't support all black, yeah. then are you really pro-black? Right. Like, are you just pro-black man? Or are you just pro-black with the same thinking as myself? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I don't, like you said, I agree with you. I, I, there's a lot of people that, that would, you know, Dr. Omar's little, little group of people that I don't know how <laughs> he would feel about that. But um, that's how I, I guess the people in this sphere right now, that's how we see it. And I think that's how it should be, to be honest. So... Yeah, I agree. I agree with you both. I was gonna ask you, Rifka. So, like, how does your how do your personal experiences with your your race and your gender identity and your sexuality how has that shaped the work that you do in your podcast? Oh yeah, that's a good that's a good question. Um, I think for me, it's it's part of why I'm so intentional about like who's on, um, and what I'm doing and who I'm speaking to and the kind of spaces, like, cause I I realize that like when you're in this podcast game, it's not just about uh, the conversation that you're having, but it's also about the listeners that are going to be like trying to mirror themselves in you. Right. And sometimes we don't see ourselves that way. We just like, I'm just talking shit. Like these are my people. I'm just talking shit with my people. But like, I try to be super intentional about not having people on who are, who exclude people. You know what I mean? So I'll give you an example. This season, I'm talking to people as you guys know, you kind of find people to talk to and it's like, Oh, let's see if the chemistry is there, et cetera. And I wanted it to be a little bit of a raunchy conversation this this season. And I want to talk more about like dating and relationships, but like from completely different spectrums. Right. And that's something I think I was telling you guys about from last season. But this time I want to have more nuances in it. Um, and I was speaking to somebody who is very much like a Kevin, Kevin Samuels. I guess he's a junior. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I was like, hmm. So part of this is interesting because I know it will get people talking, but I also don't want to ever cross the line of like it becoming now a toxic space and now we're just bickering. Um, so those type of things is what I say when I say I'm intentional about 
including everyone. It's like, yeah, like we can do that. We can have this debate and it can be great, but let's make sure that we're still respectful and that we're not going to a place where it's like now you're excluding like people who would, would otherwise want to listen to the, the All Black Matters podcast. Like it's still this space for us, you know? So yeah, I, I try. I try to balance it out. Yeah. I love that you're so open-minded there too, though, because you're, even though you have, you may think differently than this person, you may have opposing views. It's not like you're shutting that person out completely. Right. Like, let's still have these conversations because there's still things that we could possibly learn from each other. Let me get a little bit of understanding of where you're coming from. Yeah. You know, you don't have to necessarily agree on everything to have those those important conversations. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. Yeah. I was actually gonna mention um. Christina and I plan on doing a series. Well, we actually started the series already. My brother, my sister, um, shameless plug, um, where we want to have conversations with men and women and other. Um, I don't want to exclude anybody, but just basically discussing our relationship within the black community. You know, like how are black men, you know, viewing and treating black women? How are black women viewing and treating black men? And where can we gain some cohesion? Because from my point where I'm sitting, it's a lot of divisiveness, you know, yeah. a lot of divisiveness. Gender wars right now. That's what they call it. Gender wars. Okay. So <laughs> it's not just me, um, <laughs> but it's just more so like to have those conversations properly. It can't mm-hmm. always be with like-minded people. Cause otherwise we're just coddling ourselves. You know, um, it's like a, it's like a circle jerk. And mm-hmm. if I'm being honest, the alpha male community, that's what they do. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't agree with me, you're a beta male. You don't deserve parts of this conversation. Right. If you if you don't agree with me, you're a, what are they? A new age, new generation female, <laughs> as they like to say. So you don't you don't belong in this conversation. We only want to speak to alpha males, yeah. and we want to speak to women that know their place. Mm-hmm. Right. Those conversations is really like like I said, it's a shirk, it's a circle jerk. Mm-hmm. Tell me what I want to hear. I'm gonna tell you what you want to hear. We both gonna go. We gonna feel good. We are gonna go home. But. Yeah true growth doesn't come from saying what saying and hearing what you want to hear true growth comes from okay i disagree with what you're saying here's why you disagree with what i'm saying here's why where can we gain some understanding you know and being able to accept leaving that conversation like okay that person's a dickhead but i i respect the fact that we could have this conversation and also leaving the conversation with that person going hey he's stupid but i don't see his point i really i still don't see his point Right, we're not always gonna leave the conversation resolved, but as long as we are in the conversation, not going, you're a beta male, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Oh, you're you're a low value woman. Mm -hmm. Name calling that's that's kind of taking us from what we sat down to do. You don't want it to be disrespectful. Exactly. Right. And I mean, just just attempting to just move towards that progressiveness isn't important. The Mm. attempt is what is what matters because you never know what the outcome could be. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's, that's, that, that's exactly what it is. I think it's creating space. Like we were saying, like, if we, if we have, if we, like, if we only have the one side of the, of the conversation, having the same conversation, it's just always going to be that. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, let's see what happens. Right. It's 2022. Let's see. If it <laughs> let's see. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm always on Facebook. That's like one of my uh, vices. <laughs> and a lot of the times I'll see a video and I like, I, before I even hit the comments, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be upset. It's going to be a lot of alpha males. It's going to be a lot of, uh, Kevin Samuels, a lot of Kevin's, Kevin Samuels-esque <laughs> comments in there, you know? And I feel like for, and I'm, I'm going to take it off of like that community, right? 
Mm-hmm. Just period. A lot of closed-minded people, even a lot of people are progressive and don't understand that they're still closed-minded, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of closed-minded people will instantly just disregard your argument with insults rather than you know their point or their point of view, right? Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to go, now nah, you're a beta male. I'm bringing it back to that community, sorry. <laughs> it's so much easier to go, you're a beta male rather than saying, okay, you believe that. Here's why I think you're wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't have anybody. I don't have a problem with anybody saying, Calvin, I think you're wrong. Yeah. As long as they follow up with here's why. Right. Yeah. And as long as once they do their here's why I can go, OK, I disagree as well. Here's why. Yeah, I think I think it's an ego thing, though. That's that's why. OK, bringing it back to the community. Um, <laughs> why that's such a big thing there is because like when you're not when when ego is not a huge part of the conversation, you can say, oh, yeah, like, Calvin, all right, maybe I was wrong. Maybe maybe you are right. Maybe I should hear you out more. But when there's ego and it's inflated, it's kind of hard to hear anyone else because all you hear is your ego. And then you just want that to be stroked. And then that goes back to that having you know, that circle of people that are just yes, yes, people and kind of reaffirm what it is that you already kind of think, which is why I'm, it's interesting to see how we're going to, you know, be cohesive, going back to what you were saying earlier, in an environment where this is kind of like really, really prevalent. Like before we knew, we knew that Kevin Samuels and people like that existed. Now it's a lot more voices. It's They're, they're a lot louder. And um, it's, it's a lot more like a cult. I'm not going to lie. This is my, my opinion. Um, and so I just, it's interesting to see like how that's going to play out in terms of relationships going forward. Cause it's like, how are we going to get, how are we going to get on the same page? I don't know. It's true. It's prevalent. prevalent. It's really prevalent right now. And it feels like it, it does feel cult like almost like it's like hate speech that's being projected towards certain types of black people. Yeah. So it is, it is, it is concerning. Um, but we're here, we have these platforms and we're going to continue to do our part on yeah. our end and open up these open up these spaces for people to have these discussions and come in with an open mind and learn from each other you know and you mentioned that you're into a whole bunch of other creative things so yeah. i wanted to know what else is up for you outside of podcasting what else are we going to begin into this year Ooh, so that's a good question because there's so much. I think right now I'm trying to hone in because I feel like I could be someone who is like a hairstylist. Then I can be like actual like clothing stylist, a designer, whatever. Like I make clothes, I do hair. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I feel like there's not, I'm not a, com- com- uh, I was going to say comedy, comedic words, Rifka, words today. <laughs> but I feel like there's there's moments of that too. I mean, I write, so I do poetry as well. It's like, I'm trying to see if I can start performing again. That's another thing. I also dance. Okay. There's just so many different pockets that I'm like, you need to zone in and focus, okay? Like you need to like, I don't, I don't believe in like the niche. Like, you know, they do that thing on YouTube where like, you need to have a niche. I don't think I need to have a niche. I think I'm a creative and that's my niche. But like, I definitely think that there are certain things that require more attention and more focus. And so I'm trying to like narrow it down. So if I were to say something, it probably would be more so on the performing side. Um, I love words and I love to rearrange them and make my own words as you have already heard. <laughs> So, you know, just a little bit of that, you know, stepping into that bag and kind of feeling more comfortable again. So, yeah, for right now, that's what I'm at, where I'm at with it. I love that you said I am a creative and that is my niche. Um, I used to think it was just me. Like, I 
my creative process goes through cycles, right? I rap, I do podcasts, and I um, started recently writing scripts and um, writing books and everything, right? But I noticed growing up, I used to think something was wrong with me. Like, why can't you focus, right? And part of that is I might have ADHD, like all of my siblings have it. So more than likely I have it as well, just never diagnosed. But right. I think also what I'm realizing is that as creatives, it's rare that a creative simply creates one thing, mm-hmm. right? I've not seen it since I started paying attention to actually, you know, rubbing elbows with other creatives is we all have just that creative mind and that yeah. creative mind is like, okay, right now we're going to make some music. <laughs> Whether or not we finish tomorrow, we might not be making music. And sure. I think it's important. One, like you said, being a creative is my niche is to understand that and accept that, you know, like, you know what, tomorrow I might not be in the mood to finish this album and that's okay whatever that whatever creative energy is uh calling me let me answer that right because if if not i I can't speak for anybody else but myself but i notice when i try to force it i start to hate i'm looking at it like this is crap for sure and you don't even see like how what you created the beauty in it because now you're just like and that's what that's you know what's so, so interesting about you saying that is that's I'm at a contention I'm I'm at, I'm at a place where I'm having contention between doing what I love for money more so and like just letting it just be a hobby or letting it just be my own thing that I'm doing because it's like I see so many people around me that start doing what they do and they start getting paid for it and then that that relationship that they have or what they once loved how that changes sometimes I mean you're lucky if it doesn't you know but like I'm just like, do I really want my baby to become something that now I have to like chuck and jive and this and that? And, you know, like, I mean, I know that there are worlds that that doesn't necessarily exist, but how do y'all feel about that? Where it's like, you know, as creatives, when you kind of want to make this a thing and like you love it so much that you do want to like make money off of it and and live off of it and not have to do nothing else because you hate everything else, you know? And then now it's like, but you have to make money. So now it does become kind of like everything else or does it not? Like, you know, how do y'all feel about that? I feel like it's a fine line. Like you kind of have to find like a balance b- between the two. I think often there's something you said earlier that stuck out to me. You mentioned all of the creative things that you do. You said poetry and dance. And you said, I'm getting, I want to get back to being comfortable with myself again. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, when you tap into those things that you love, it may, that's what it does. It brings you comfort. Yeah. You have to be careful though because you don't want it to get to a point where you're you're making money off of it and then you feel this need to kind of pump out material and pump out content on a consistent schedule to the point where you like Calvin was saying earlier you're forcing things out and it's just like yeah I'm creating but it's not on my own terms on my own pace so now I don't feel comfortable anymore I'm doing it but it's like it's not bringing me that type of joy and peace that I once had before. So I feel like we kind of just kind of have to find a balance. And sometimes you kind of do have to zone in at one one thing at a time and say, okay, well, if, if podcasting is bringing me income and this is something that I love to do, I'm going to just focus on monetizing there. But you don't necessarily have to focus on monetizing all of your other things. They can still be a hobby. So just kind of finding some type of balance where you feel at peace with what you're doing. Because you don't want to you don't want to end up hating what you love. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't want it to get to that point. That's you such an uncomfortable feel. That's just, you know, it just it's hard to get back to it. 
Yeah, and then you start resenting it and the people around it. Like, I look at, because one thing I do, too, as, like, someone who loves, like, I love media. Like, love it, right? Um, and mainly, like, black media and seeing our history and seeing how we play out on screen. And sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes that's a not so good thing. But, like, when I watch so much of, like, the people that I look up to and some of, some of the ways in which that they have had to navigate their, you know, now having fame or whatever it is, it's just, like... Damn, like, I don't ever want to get to a place where, like, now it's, like, I, I literally resent everyone around me. And the fact that I even have this gift, like, I resent it now because of now this is my life because of it. Like, I, and I mean, obviously, there's the riches and you got a lot of money, but money doesn't answer everything, you know? So it's, like, I don't know. I just, that's something that I think is really interesting. Um, I think when you get to the point where you're forcing it, it's no longer creating it just mm -hmm. becomes developing, you know? It's just, mm -hmm. okay, I have to put a podcast out. What can I piece together, right? Mm -hmm. You become a developer at that point. You're not creating. Creation, in my opinion, comes from the heart and soul. That's when you wake up two o'clock in the morning because I can't sleep. That that thing that is on my mind is yeah. so powerful. That's like, get your ass up. I need <laughs> to get out of your mind. And you got to at least write me down on a sticky note before I'm going to let you sleep. That's passion, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, I think for me is one, develop your own consistent and just be honest and let your fans know like, yo, I was making the album like Rihanna. She, she, she oh, cheated yeah. our heads. You could have just told us straight up my like, yo, music was a gate. It was a, it was a jumping point to get to where I want to create. I ain't, maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. you'll get an album right, but right. right now. Stop asking me. What you're right. going to get is these bras and panties. <laughs> you're going to get this lingerie and you're going to enjoy it. Yep. Maybe one day she'll wake up and she'll, yo, call that producer and then maybe we'll get the album, right? Mm -hmm. But we got to stop expecting creatives to create for us because that part. That I, part. I can't. Oh. I can't create for you. Like, I can't speak for anybody else. I know I said that a lot during this episode. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to say it a lot, period, because I don't like to speak for other people. Yeah. But I don't create for people. I create yeah. for me. I create because when I write my rhymes, it's therapeutic. When I record it and I hear it back, that's for me. I'm going to let y'all get it because, you know, why not? I could help somebody else and maybe put a little something in my pocket that'll help me. I got kids. As you guys can hear, pretty sure you hear them kids. <laughs> I need a bigger apartment or a bigger house so that when they ripping and running while I'm recording, y'all don't hear that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I create for me. Now, once I get to a point where it's not fulfilling me and I, and I notice myself just developing, it's like you guys shared. I'm going to resent it. I'm going to resent the people that's, I'm going to resent my fans. Like, yo, when's the next episode? Like, yo, shut up. Stop right. asking me. <laughs> it's going to be there when it's there. But then yeah. that's not fair to them because, you know, I developed this thing and I gave them this timetable. Like I've been giving you every week for a year or every week for five years. You know, some people and I know somebody that's really hung up on it. Like why is he's losing the love for it? And yeah. the one thing he keeps coming back to is I'm consistent. OK, you're consistent, but do you love it? Yeah. So that means you're consistently hurting yourself you're consistently putting yourself through this there's no passion there because you you're so stuck on being consistent it's so my opinion it's okay to tell the fans like yo we going on hiatus me and christina will tell you hiatus queen and king <laughs> and it ain't serving us right now we had to go do something else we back yeah. though yeah i like you know? that i like that but i also just because what i think is like sometimes i'm, I'm wondering right because 
I think about the Rihannas of the world. I mean, Rihanna kind of excluded, to be honest, because she got so many different streams of income, it's not even funny. But um, I think when you get to a place where, like, you're known for a lane. Like, I look at, like, um, I don't know if you guys know the comedian Mo Gilligan. He has, like, no. Netflix specials. He's a British guy. I'm always, like... But anyway, <laughs> he's a comedian, and it's like he does a certain kind of comedy. Or let's look at um, Kevin Hart. He does a specific kind of comedy, right? Like, this, he's not... He's not I don't see, I mean, you could probably compare him to Eddie Murphy, but he's not like a Chris Rock or he's not, like he has a specific way that he delivers comedy that we know. And I guess the people that are like obsessed with Kevin Hart are obsessed with him because of the style and the way that he does things. Now, him deviating from that, or even if we look at YouTubers, it's like, there. I, I feel like there might be this fear of like, this is the only way I can make money, right? And so when you start to become, you're really good at something that you love to do and you start to become famous or you get a lot of money for it. And then you lose, you start to lose that or, or resent, start resenting the fact that you have to do it. I just think like, what do you do? What do you do then? Do you just go back and start like packing bags at, at Walmart or wherever the hell? Like, what do you do? Like you're making millions now because of something that people start to, started to love that you gave them. And now you hate it. Like, damn. I don't know. That was a little morbid. I'm sorry, y'all. No, no, no. no. It's, it's, it's a great thought. Um, personally, I think if y'all really, if you really fuck with somebody, like as a fan, if you really fuck with them, then whatever else they're doing, you're going to at least be interested in viewing. You know, like take Kevin Hart for an example. When he first came out, um, I first saw him in Paper Soldiers. Then I saw him in Soul Plane. Then... I found out he did stand up. Like I didn't even know he did stand up, right? But because I liked him in these movies, and I, oh, you do. Let me see. Yeah. You know, I feel like true fans are gonna rock with you no matter what, right? I think they call that your cult following. Like J Cole, yeah. he could drop an album whenever. Yeah. And people are gonna be like, oh, Cole just dropped. I'm definitely on that. Mm -hmm. I feel like if Cole decided to come out and be like, yeah, I make a lingerie for men or whatever the fuck, right? Because mm -hmm. I just want to be a fashion designer. I ain't never tell y'all that. Yeah. His core following is at the very least, let me see what Cole over there doing. Yeah. Some people are going to be like, I like that. And they're going to fuck with him now with your music and this other thing that you're doing. Other people are going to be like, yo, holla at me when you're dropping that album. Mm. And as creatives, we have to be okay with that. You yeah. know? And just being honest, once you reach a certain financial freedom, then you have that freedom. Now, on our level, let's say we just make thousands of dollars, right? It's enough that I could quit my job, but yeah. not enough that I can just stop doing this thing, right? right. Rihanna can disappear right now. She, I was not gonna say. she can disappear and be good for life. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> Until you get to that point, yeah, you're kind of like, like it's like that middle class thing where mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I got enough that I ain't poor, but I ain't got enough that I could chill yet. So I got to be doing something. I feel like if you just, once again, going back to just being honest, open, and candid, niggas is going to fuck with you. Mm -hmm. It may not be the niggas that been fucking with you, but some of them going to fuck with you regardless. Right. That cult following, like you said, like those people are genuine. They're there to support you for who you are at that point. And I feel like we kind of just have to kind of focus on those people. You know, mm -hmm. additionally, people are going to come, people are going to come and go no matter what you're doing. But when it comes to fans in particular, we just kind of have to focus on those who are genuine, those who love you for you, because mm -hmm. they're they're always going to be around. So, you know, your followers may decrease or whatever, but as long as you still got your little 50 followers that was there from the beginning, you know, that's that's what's most important. They're going to follow you anywhere you go. Mm -hmm. And I feel like those fans as well, when they see that, OK, this thing that you were doing that I fell in love with, 
you you're falling out of love with that because I love it and I love you. Please take I would rather you take a step back yeah. so that you can come back hopefully as opposed to you just keep giving it to me and I'm sitting there consuming it because eventually you're going to burn out and then there's going to be nothing to consume. Yeah. And I mean true fans they know. They can tell the difference in your in your, your material and in mm-hmm. your content. They like, yo, I, I love this person, but this ain't it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get certain albums, you're just like, what is this? I'm gonna buy, <laughs> this you know, I'm gonna still buy your next album because I love you, but this ain't, you know, this ain't it. They know. This so. is that alimony caught up, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's that alimony caught up album. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you guys have a point with that. And that's a good that part about like hearing the difference, I think, is is really key, too, because it's like if you are doing this for money and you not saying for money, but like you're making money off of it. Um, and the whole reason why you, you started to make money was because of your fans and them loving you. The minute that changes, that can mess up your money, too. Like even if you kept doing it and you were like just pumping it out, like huh, I'm gonna just do another album and it's trash and it's not making sales, then, you know, there's also that. Sorry if y'all hear a uh, church. I'm like literally across the street from it. So you got it. Every hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So um, real quick before we get up out of here, I want to one, thank you for coming on. I want to thank you for the beautiful conversation. Where can our fans, where, where can our fans, where can our fans find you? Yeah. So I am on pretty much every streaming platform outside of like YouTube where you can find podcasts. I'm there. Um, it's All Black Matters podcast um, that you can find me also on Instagram at All Black Matters Pod. Um, and yeah, like just tap in, see if you like it. If you don't like it, well, we, you know, we keep pushing. If you do, love to have you. And um, <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Rifka. That so, was amazing. And we look forward to collaborating with you more in the future. Yes, definitely. Um, guys, you should already know by now. If not, please go to innerchildnetwork.com for all things related to the business. Um, find the podcast on all underscore ways underscore right. Uh, send us an email. Please let us know what you think of this episode, previous episodes, things you would like us to discuss. Um, send, what's the email? Alwayswritepod at gmail.com. I, at least once an episode, I forget one of the social medias. That you, it's just that's my thing. There's so many different accounts, and yeah. different ways to follow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you guys know where to find us. Hit us up. Um, if you're looking for a podcast to listen to, you don't ran out of the faves, and you're like, eh, I still want to listen to something. Check out All Black Matters. You will not be disappointed. And if you are, fight me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right, guys, we're out of here. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs>